Welcome. Mix 106. All the radio you'll ever need. Riff Monkeys. Yeah. 
Yeah, they adore there by the Smashing Pumpkins from their fourth album, um, Adore. Hello and welcome to the Riff Monkeys podcast on Mix 106. It's me, Brian Wells, and I'm joined today by my good friend, Kelly Lyon. How are you doing? How's it going? How's everything? Brought him in because you're a big Pumpkins fan, aren't you, Kelly? Yeah, yeah. I liked Pumpkins for many years. Uh, Yeah. Got into them after Pearl Jam days and and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, great bands, you know? Yeah. Absolutely, one of the best I've ever seen live, certainly. Um, yeah, yeah, for me as well. I've seen them at Redden Festival, and uh, yeah, they were just amazing. The whole the whole set list was amazing, and they couldn't he couldn't do all the songs that he wanted to do. There was a few songs that I really wanted to, for the band to play, but they can't cover everything, you know. So it was uh, well, not only that, he, yeah. Billy Corgan has got a, a millions of songs in his head. Mate. Yeah, I mean, he's just unbelievable, prolific songwriter. Yeah, he's a great songwriter he's, and musician. I mean, he plays all yeah. the all the songs on the album. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. All the instruments, you know. What, what an drums. amazing guitarist! You know, he's one of the best guitarists out there. He really is. Yeah, he's but just... not recognised as one. It's like it's like no. Prince. You know, yeah. Prince was never recognised as a, a great guitarist. That's but he's true. one of the best in the world. That's you know? true. That's true. Yeah, he was a, a fantastic guitarist. Well, it shows you, doesn't it? People only really pay attention to the label put on you. That is true. That is true. You know, people are not really, they don't really get that limelight and uh, people don't really recognise it for that sort of thing, you know, and it's a shame. It really is, you know. Hmm. Yeah, but... Uh, so, well, last week, um, it's a shame you weren't here last week because I played the first three albums, which, in my opinion, are the best albums, without a doubt. Yeah, you know? definitely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. They're yeah. the ones that put them on the map. I mean, they're just absolutely incredible albums. Very yeah, the band, the, the band was definitely the strongest at that point, you know. Um, leading on to, like, a Door album where things just did change, you know, uh, with the drummer. The well, band. they went a lot more electronic as well. They decided that back on Melancholy. You know, this album, yeah. Adore, that we're talking about today... Well, one of the albums we're talking about is a far more. It's a lot more electronic, um, and it divided a lot of fans. Yeah, it did. It did. You know, it wasn't. I mean, for me, the the drummer, Jimmy Chamberlain, uh, for the Smash Pumpkins, just really, you know, he's, the sound of his drum kit and the way he drums just really does make that band for me. And and then he, when he was well, he's a close personal friend of Billy Corgan. Yeah, way, more of a friend than the other yeah. guys, I guess. And and when they started, that was what you know. That I mean, I read. It's like uh, I was talking about last week when they started. They were influenced by The Cure and Joy Division and stuff like that. That's true. Whereas everyone else in the alternative scene at the time were were into punk when they were young, you know. That's true, that's true. Um, And Jimmy Chamberlain come in and just kind of showed them how powerful they could be, Mm -hmm, I guess, mm -hmm, you know. Yeah, I just uh, I love his style of drumming, you know. So it was it was weird from not to be in this album and, and not to hear his drumming and stuff. But uh, but he still had all the other members there, uh, so you know it is what it was, you know. Well, for a little while anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Darcy and James, yeah, yeah they they just uh, they later, yeah. later went on their ways as well, you know. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But they all came back and it was ha- yeah. happily ever after. Yeah, as we talk but about I, I, the, only, the only one that hasn't came back is the, is the bassist. She's never. Yeah, have you seen pictures of her? Like, like, have you seen? No, I haven't actually. Like, no. Maybe she's had the old Botox in her lips. And everything, she, oh, she looks terrible, ridiculous. Terrible man. I don't know what the hell's yeah. going on there? She was good for. She was a good. Um, she was good stage presence for the band. She was very. She reminded me of the bassist from. Uh, uh, a really old, uh, I can't think now, but a bassist from that band is actually exactly the same style, both of women bassist, and then both got the same sort of stage presence. Not Pixies, really well. No, no, it's, uh, it's a really, it's a hit. Because there's a similar story, Kim Deal. I'm, I'm doing a Cold Chamber, Cold Chamber. Oh, Cold Chamber, Cold yeah, Chamber's yeah. bassist. They were very similar, you know, that sort of, that look for the band, and that's what I think Billy liked about it, you know, so... Yeah, she was good for the band, but it's just moved on from there. So they, they did yeah. get another women bassist in. Um, yeah, they she, did. She yeah, played for a while. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, and then they got, I think it was a Vexo guy, you know, a Vexo yeah. guy along, you know. Yeah, very similar story to the Pixies, you know, with Kim Deal, big breakups and all the rest of it. I think when I when we went to see Pixies live, it was it was the the, the bass player from the Slits, I think that was playing. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Why they have to have a female bass player? It's yeah, like this yeah. stipulate. I mean, yeah, it's a dynamic, I guess. Of course, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's play another track off of uh, Ava Adore. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's like like with the old out the the first three albums. I like every song. Pretty much, mm. and as time goes by, there are absolutely amazing songs, but they're, they're not as many. There's two or three songs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, I've picked up the three my three favourite songs off this album, um, and I'm going to play the next one now. It's called Pug. Yeah, Pug's a good track. It's uh, it's good for the album as well. It's a good track for that album and stuff like that. So it was another track that I really enjoyed uh, on that album, you know. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, I haven't listened to Adore for a while, you know. No, I haven't. It's not my favourite yeah. um, album. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they're yeah. all, it, none of them really got me like the first three no, at no, all. You no, know, no, although the new one, we'll talk about that later on. We will do, yeah, absolutely awesome. Yeah, and Oceana as well, the one before that, yeah. really getting back to where they yeah, were. You know, strong, strong. You know, I mean, Oceana's uh, still not the band is what they are, but I mean, the, the actual concept of the album and what Billy Corgan done with it was. It's pure genius, you know. You can't say anything else, you know. It's just, yeah. That's pure genius. But yeah, Pug's a great track. Really well, is. let's put it on then. Yeah, this is Pug yeah. by the Smashing Pumpkins from the album Adore.
They got really hypnotic towards the end, didn't they? I, love, I really like yeah. that. I really like it. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's actually what's great about doing these shows as well is that, I mean, obviously spent a lot of my life listening to music and it's like you forget some of it and, you you, you know, there's so much music out there. You, you listen to new things all the yeah. time and stuff. And then, so to go back, um, which is kind of the whole point of doing this, I guess, yeah, I'm going to do this, these series, these uh, two or three parters with all the you know, with some great bands. Some I mean, great bands of uh, been through it and back, yeah. back, back to do it again. We're, yeah. in, we're, we're you know doing alternative at the minute, but you know we're going to mix it up later. I want to do this this podcast. I think is going to turn into a three parter because we're not going to get all the albums in this show. No, uh, the rest of the albums. Um, and then after that, I think I'm going to do a Pixies um, three parter, two or three parter. I don't know, but you know we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was Pug. Um, it was nice. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good track. It's enjoyable, you know, compared to a lot of the other tracks that's on the album. It's one of them tracks that stands out, you know. Uh, yeah, and consider it. I mean, nineteen ninety eight. I can't think what I was doing in nineteen ninety eight, but uh, I know I went to Glastonbury in nineteen ninety eight. It's around a bit of time I met you. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was when I. Yeah, it was when I met Kirsty as well. We were working that's together right. on the Isle of Wight. I yeah. remember when you came back from Glastonbury that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, that's a bit round about that time. But I thought that. But was when a... you listen to it, it doesn't feel like it's that old, does no, it? No, I, I mean... thought I thought that album was a, a year older, or maybe even two thousand. I don't think it was ninety eight, you know. Um, so it shows you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit later. I thought it was around about the two thousand mark, you know. Oh right. So yeah. So um, we've got uh, what's we on to the the next album or no we're going to play one more track off of uh, Adore Mm -hmm. Um, this is a track called Perfect yeah Perfect's a good track it is a good track yeah and and, you know that's the thing when I was was picking the the tracks for this show it's like oh no not that one this one it's like actually more you listen to them again the more you like them all uh, that's true that's true can't play them all because might as well just tell you to go and put an album (laughs) you know what I'm saying (laughs) anyway this track is perfect um, by the Smashing Pumpkins and it's perfect isn't it yes it is it It definitely is perfect perfect, yes yeah check it out let's listen to that yes let's Yeah. 
awesome, perfect there by the Smashing Pumpkins. I should add that was the Paul Oakenfold breakbeat remix of Perfect. Of Perfect, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's um, a, a different different beat in there. Yeah, I like it, man. I do it's like good. the. I, you know, it's weird when you see that when you read like that that people complained a bit. You know, the divided fans because they went a bit electronic. I don't think they went electronic enough, to be honest with you. I mean, it's well, <coughs> it's about power. I think the the how powerful the songs are, and you can get that kind of power of using electronic can. music. Of course, you can. Um, and the mix of the two is absolutely, you know, breathtaking sometimes. But no, they didn't, they didn't go electronic enough for me. I, I think, I think, it, I think it's more. the same with a lot of bands when they, when they do a bit of electronic stuff. It just mixes people's minds up and they don't really like it, you know. But, uh, well, yeah, people are a bit stuck in their ways yeah, as well. Yeah, but you know. it's, it, it really does work, you know. Uh, and a lot of bands have really done, done great things with it, really have, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think so, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was Adore there, 1998's Adore. Yes, yes. great album. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, should we talk a little bit about the problems that they were... I mean, the, the Pumpkins had a very... Uh, well, that was well, just at the, the time... Tempestuous where, kind of... Uh, well, he said that that was, that was basically the, the album... The album Adore was like the band falling apart, they said, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, Billy Corgan characterised yeah. Adore as yeah. the band falling apart. And yeah. the... Um, he was also going through a divorce. His mother died. Yeah, like Do you know what I mean? Happened, I think his yeah. well. I mean, he suffered from heavy depression anyway. Yeah, yeah. And after making Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, he contemplated suicide quite a lot. And yeah, he was yeah. even planning his own suicide and everything. Yeah. So for them, all that stuff to happen, it's a bit like um, yeah. E, isn't it? From from the Eels, he he had a lot of stuff happen for him. I remember he, mm-hmm. bought, he bought an album out, and he, his sister died of cancer. His mum died of cancer, and then he come out with the song "Cancer for the Cure," mm-hmm. which was a really upbeat song and happy song for a terrible, you know. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. I think it, I think this the sadness and the tragedy in life really does make great music, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it really does. I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of heartache behind the, the great music in the world, you know. And if it, if it wasn't for that, I don't think they suffering. You, you, for wouldn't, their have heard, own, you wouldn't have heard so much, so much great songs, you know. There's, well, always a, yeah. there's always a meaning behind it, you know. If it's well, a, hopefully. Most of the time there is. If it's an amazing track like that, when you do actually read into what it's about, it's you've got a really good reason behind it, you know. And yeah. uh, it does get you to your heart sometimes, you know, what it's about, you know. So. Yeah. Yes, but um, but yeah, I don't. It's one of them albums where it was a time for Smashing Pumpkins changing, you know, for me, like as. It was like, was, is the band ever going to be... Uh, well, as I said, I remember watching a, a, an interview with Billy Corgan. He was like, he was saying to fans, he'd he done Gish, and then he'd done Gish, and then he'd done um, Siamese Dream, and all the fans from Gish were so pissed off of him. They were like, "What? What's this about? This is not the same. This it's is weird, doing it like, that, like he <laughs> you know owes I mean? them something. Yeah, like and, he owes them yeah. anything. You know? And that's what he laughs about. But it, it's like for me, I never heard Gish. I heard Siamese Dream first, and then I heard I heard a few tracks off of Gish. So for the fans to go from it's weird how people think like that, you know, because to go from like Gish and then think, oh, what what Siamese Dream? Siamese Dream's amazing, you know. But it's nice to be and surprised, like, isn't it? Yeah. Not just have more of the same. Yeah, it's crazy how it's. It must be so hard for a band to when they're recording music, thinking about the fan side of things and everything like that. I think that's why they always sort of stick to the same sort of uh, the bass, the bass sound, the bass riff and everything, and keep the fans happy. And it's weird that when when a new album comes out and it's and it's different. If you want to call it that, different people get it's it's hard. Music's hard. It really is. It's one of them things, you know. To, yeah, it's hard to it if you're if people are going to accuse you of selling out or, yeah, or stuff like that. There's always going to be. And again, something. there are bands out there that sell out before it even started. There know, is, um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've just got to take that ride with the band, really. You know what I mean? It's like the Red Hot Chili Peppers for me. I mean, I, I, I've liked the band all the way through, and every album they've brought out, there's always been something that I've liked about a few of the tracks off the album. I've always liked the band, you know, and and I've liked the way that they've, they've evolved. You know, I've always liked the the band as such. You know, so it's just just that way with bands. You know, I think you've just got to take the ride with them. Yeah, they're yeah. They're always going to change the sound. They're always going to change the ways. Yeah, changing like the sound is yeah. one thing. Yeah, but I mean that. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I, as well with me, I don't like to. Well, you know me. You know, it's like I don't. Um, I like to jump on bandwagons and if something gets super popular I'm like I see it I'm out yeah. you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that happened with the chilies you know yeah, uh, dead, yeah. I, feel I was like no no I'm but I think like, that's what happened with the chilies with the music I mean it it's still musically amazing, you know, but it, it got to that. Po- it got kind of that popular sound where it could actually be played on the radio, you know, and, and it was. So. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you listen to the, the everything that goes along with, it, they're still the same sort of band. They still have the same bass lines, the same sort of rhythms. Uh, it's just became that more popular. That's all. Yeah, I guess. To be yeah. honest with you, you know. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from Adore and let's go to the year 2000. Um, great year, turn of the millennium, turn yeah, of the century. I remember that, yeah. Um, and the album that was called Machina. Yeah, Machina, yeah. What an album. Yeah. What an album, man. Uh, two albums, in fact, although the second album wasn't really commercially released, was it? There are two parts, yeah, but we're I've, only going to play tracks off the first album. I've never really held it. Continuity. Of this. Machina 2, I never really got into at all, really, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. It's strange. But well, a lot of them are demos, outtakes, B sides. They have they have released a lot of those, uh, yeah, yeah, those yeah. kinds of things, man. Um, so anyway, let's give a let's let's listen to the first track. The everlasting gaze is the first track from Machina from this, the year two thousand. Really, and if I'm not wrong, uh, it's sure. I'm sure Jimmy Chamberlain's back doing this album, no, is he not? I'm I think sure. Zeitgeist is when he comes back. Is it Zeitgeist when he yeah, comes yeah. back and he's drumming? But yeah, I yeah. remember the drumming, I just remember he. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's chuck on The Everlasting Gaze by yeah, the Smashing yeah. Pumpkins. Unchained and Unleashed.
picture of his sentimental sway But underneath the wheels like the skulls of every cog The fickle fascination of an everlasting god You know I'm not It is, and yeah. that did, as you can hear in that snare drum, yeah. Kenny, yeah. that was the return of Jimmy Chamberlain, who, who was kicked out of the band for obvious reasons. Yes, yes. Um, and, and he came back for this album, but then they broke up. Yeah. I remember me and Kirsty saw, saw um, we went to see them, we went to see the Chili Peppers. Yeah, I never seen this. A few months later. You only seen them, I never went. Yeah, way. same place, we went to see... The Pumpkins, and it was their final tour, final, final tour. And then obviously a few years later, they came back. But, you know, I yeah. don't think that was like a market employee or anything. I mean, no, there chaos that been, was going on in the Yeah, it was being serious at the time, but this shows that he's, I mean, he got a talent like Billy Corgan. I don't think he's got so much more songs to write. Oh, millions. He's uh, he's just going to keep writing songs, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, this is bringing back memories. Though. The year 2000, it's like it's not just memorable for me because it was the turn of millennium and all the rest of it, but so many things happened. I got married for a start. Yeah. Well, 99, the beginning just of the, the year 2000. Before, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, man, you know, Glastonbury, yeah. David Bowie playing yeah. at Glastonbury, you know, all the rest of it, and, and seeing the Smashing Pumpkins. It was a hell of a... I, although I didn't really get that much into... I still only uh, really listened to their older stuff. Machina didn't really do it that much. Not all the songs. Anyway. No, not, not for me either. Before. Not for me. Um, I think what it is, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe just to um, uh, occupy uh, with getting uh, into other things. Oh, and... I, I just, I, I say for me, it's just like, as I said, I was just saying before, you know, you go from the band's first album to what they're going to create in the future. And people always love that first album. They love the sound of it and everything like that. For me, I love because of the first album I heard was Siamese Dream and I love that sound of the bands you know I love the, the album as a whole there's, there's not like there's got to be like not one track I don't like you know uh, yeah, and there's then, lots of different you know, kinds of musical roll into know, one isn't there yeah you know and then you get to it's got to this stage with you know the album I listen to now it's it's like as a whole again it's not really gripping me as it was you know and it's mad it's crazy you know this guy's an amazing musician but for me he's a fan it's like it's not really gripping me as much as what the other ones did you know what I mean so there's a few tracks on this album that's are good but for me as a whole it wasn't it didn't really grip me again you know so I wasn't really there it's with shame, the band cause, cause this is the last album where they were all together this is like literally the uh, you yeah. know this is Billy Corgan James E. Uh, Darcy mm -hmm. and Jimmy Chamberlain all together yeah. end of an era that was it yeah, yeah. game over kind of thing mm. um, you know Absolutely amazing, Billy Corgan is man. I mean, yeah. on this album, he did vocals, guitar, bass, guitar, keyboards, piano, production, art direction, mixing, lead guitar. Do you know what I mean? He's, uh, yeah, he just does it all, doesn't he? You know, he's, he's, it's like what uh, Jeff Butler done with his album. 
basically. Yeah. You know, he just went in the studio, recorded it. Well, I've got so much respect for that because uh, so many people you know, don't know what they want. And like, nah. and it's like you sit there for hours, years or whatever, yeah, thinking, course, oh, God, yeah. what am I going to put in? But to just just know, yeah. I mean... It's, that's that's the thing, you know, to put all that together. It's like it's like Prince as well, you know. Prince was that sort of a oh, guy. Oh God, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I've got a song, and he and he creates the whole thing. You know, that's that's just genius. You know, it's, it's absolute genius. You're not working with people to to make the songs and that sort of uh, sense. You've got the own idea behind you, haven't you? You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and another Foo Fighters as well. Dave Grohl is another one. He's yeah. done it. He actually was quite funny because he actually for uh, the Color and the Shape album. When yeah. the drummer recorded it, I don't think I've ever heard it. The Color and the Shape album is amazing. Yeah, it's not yeah, yeah. I've never been into the Foo Fighters oh, at all. The Color and the Shape album of the Foo Fighters is the best album they ever wrote and the best album ever and always will be. Yeah, yeah. And the drummer recorded it in the studio, and then Dave went up to him and said, "I'm I'm sorry, mate." I'm, I'm going to have to do it myself. <laughs> he wiped it. He wiped the whole lot and Dave Grohl recorded the drums himself and then kicked him out of the band after that. Oh, right. It just wasn't good enough, man. It wasn't hard-hitting fucking, you know, like Dave Grohl is, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what a kick in the teeth for the drummer, man, because there's a dog. Well, that's kind of the problem with you know? Smashing Pumpkins. That's what happened with them. There was so much tension because he would go in the studio, Billy Corgan, and just say, you know, at night and... and uh, yeah, the producer would just be like, just what, just get rid of it, yeah, do it yeah. yourself, you know. I yeah, mean, yeah, it must be, it must be hard. Must I kind of respect that, but also it would, so, it would so annoy me. Yeah, man. The, the documentary on YouTube about the Foo Fighters when he done that, the the, the drummer's talking about it, and he's absolutely gutted, man. Do you know what I mean? He's just recorded the album, and then he said, no, "I'm sorry," and then he's, oh, well. and then that was it. That was the last of that drummer, you know. And that's when they hired. Uh, you know the what do you call him the blonde guy you know no idea yeah 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 well anyway let's get on with uh, some more of this album machina yeah. shall we yeah definitely let's listen to a track uh number three on the, the album which is called stand inside your love which is a great track it really is uh great smash and pumpkins track so uh yeah hope you enjoy this one. Oh, i'm sure they will kenny yes. their speakers will be taking they'll be having it <laughs> right, sorted. Okay, this is Stand Inside Your Love from Machina by the Smashing Pumpkins.
Wow. Well, yeah. Uh, Power, mate. That is pumpkins back to how they should be, yeah. isn't it? I yeah. mean, after after a door. And it's interesting as well. It's like um, Billy Corgan said, uh, if people are wondering... Because like, that year, they got back together um, to do a final tour. They were like... They had a meeting and they decided Jimmy Chamberlain was going to come back, they were going to go on tour and that would be it for the band completely. And... Um, mm. I think Billy Corgan in an interview said, uh, if you want to know what Jimmy brings back to the band, listen to Adore and then listen to Machina back to back. And it speaks for itself. Yeah, of course. And it, it certainly does. I think, that, that. I think that's a great, great comment, you know. It does, yeah. It does make, make it does, I've always said that Jimmy Chamberlain does make the bands, you know. They really work so well together, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and, and like one of the tracks off the, the new album, the first part of the new album, just that for me speaks for what I'm saying now, you know, I mean, you got um, uh, Belly just writing a song, and then Jimmy's like, "Well, this is my drums towards that song," and it's just like together. It's amazing, you know. It's just really it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Know? Love it, love it. I mean, but, yeah, you could argue that. <laughs> well, it's not really true, but you could argue that Smashing Pumpkins is just Billy Corgan and Jimmy Chamberlain on the albums, especially oh, on tour, differently. But yeah. Billy Corgan played all the instruments. Not on every single album, yeah, but yeah. pretty much uh, yeah. quite a lot of it, man. That's true. That's and he true. could obviously do it for all of them, mm-hmm. you know. But Jimmy Chamberlain was his, his you know, his best friend, and uh, and um, he couldn't play the drums. You know? yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. that's probably why. I think mean, if he could play the drums, he would. <laughs> he I mean, probably would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to have someone to bounce off. You do. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell that by the podcasts I do on my own and the podcasts I do with guests <laughs> in here. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a little bit different. Um, anyway let's let's play the last track off of uh, Machina the Machines of God this is a track called The Age of Innocence and then next podcast we're going to go into Zeitgeist the band reforming and um, and subsequent albums but after this track we're going to go into because they made a lot I mean they made just as many songs that weren't on albums that's true as on albums yeah you know, I mean, for Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, Billy Corgan wrote 56 songs in one year. That yeah, is an incredible um, feat, you know. That is incredible, Yeah, that's an um, incredible feat, you know. So, and considering most pop stars nowadays don't even write songs, any, don't even write no, songs, no. you know, no, I think it's, 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 it's absolutely... true talent and where it speaks from, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, this is that. So let's say goodbye to Machina, Machines of uh, the Machines of God. Uh, this is Age of Innocence. Yeah, the last track, I believe. Okay, yeah. check it out.
Beautiful. Age of Innocence there by the Smashing Pumpkins from Machina, the Machines of God from the year 2000. And then, what happened after that, Kenny? Uh, they were, they had a bit of a... They had a bit of a break, didn't they? They had a bit of a break after that, yeah, you never really... Seven years. Yeah, held much. But hey, you know, it's not like nothing happened and then he stopped, you know, Billy Corgan carried on, mate, yeah, and made right. loads and loads of songs. Um, I just love the way that there's so many songs weren't officially released, but they were given away. Um, something I didn't, I didn't talk about as well, actually, during that, I think it was during the Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness tour. Um, they went on a world tour. Um, oh, no, actually, I think it was a, it was a local, it was an American tour, right? North American tour. And everywhere they went, they paid for the whole thing. And every penny that was made from the gigs mm-hmm. went to a local charity that they chose in every city they went to. And they raised pretty nearly cool. $3 million. Well, that's pretty cool. That's uh, very generous. Isn't uh, it? Generous? Yeah. My God, man. You know, yeah. it, it, it's just unbelievable. And, and not like it was publicised. Oh, look at what we're doing. No, we're going to give loads of money to charity. That's, that's good, you know. I mean, there's so many little things like that about the Smashing Pumpkins. But as ever, you know, I encourage you. I just give you... I'm just guiding people here, showing you some of their music. If you get into it, that's brilliant. Look it up. You know, WikiLeaks... Wiki, I mean, Wikipeaks, Wikipeaks, Wikipedia. Um, check it out. You know, there's a lot of history there, a lot of music. Um, so now, rather than move on, we, we, next next episode, uh, part three, we're going to talk about the next um, three albums. Um, so now we want to talk about some of the the B sides and the legendary John Peel. Yeah, John Peel. As they well. did. They did a Peel session. Um, yeah, it's really sad ago. knowing there's never going to be any more Peel sessions, Kenny. Yeah, that's so true. many, so many great Peel sessions. Yeah, my favorite there was bands. a lot of a lot of stuff on Peel sessions that you'd, it's great for history. You know, thousands of them, thousands yeah. of them. Yeah. You know, but yeah, uh, yeah, the Smashing Pumpkins done a, a few tracks on the Peel sessions, and uh, they're on one of a couple of the, the B sides sort of um, singles, single singles, uh, CDs many years ago, and, and one of the tracks is on there. You know. Yeah, I mean, I've got a compilation here in front of me that's got it's like B, rarities and B sides. It's mm-hmm. called, and it's a hundred and fourteen tracks on there. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, man. It's just. just unbelievable yeah. man um, so I'm going to we're going to play a track now uh, one of your favourite tracks right yeah I love it you know because it was never on an album and uh, it was just one of these little b-sides and, it's a little treat and to be honest with you it's, it's just good to be on an album you know and uh, yeah. yeah it's called A Girl Named Sandos okay A Girl Named Sandos from the Peel Sessions yeah this is the 2011 remastered mix of it. All right? Mm-hmm. Just to make that yeah, clear. That's a great, that's a great, <laughs> amazing, yeah, absolutely amazing. All right, here we go from the legendary pill session. It's a girl named Sandals.
Wow. That was brilliant, man. And I've never heard it before, so I feel really kind of, uh, yeah. That's a great track, you know. uh... When it started, I thought it it sounded a lot like, um, I'm sure the influence was there, um, Jimi Hendrix, Crosstown Traffic. It was like really, that was absolutely brilliant, man. Yeah, Love it. And I love the bass sound in that because... You know, Darcy is great, great um, bass player, but it's not—it's not complicated bass. No, no I, mean, I don't think it was ever meant to be like that. No, know, it's same it's, with the Pixies. No, you know, no, it's a very no, similar story. No. The, the bass players are very basic yeah, yeah. basses, but yeah. it's—I don't know—it's solid. It's solid. Yeah, the bass bass playing in that was is some of the best I've heard from the from the Pumpkins. Oh yeah, definitely. A, a great track. I love that, and you know, and a lot of people probably wouldn't have heard that track as well. You know, but. It's, yeah. uh, it's a good one. Same for a track called Hello Kitty Cat as well. That's a, that's a great track. Yeah, well, we're going to leave the, we're gonna leave the listeners with Hello Kitty Cat, I think. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's a great track. Um, yeah, so it's time to say goodbye once again from yeah. the Riff Monkeys podcast with me, Brian Wells, and Kenny Lyon. Thank you, yeah. And then maybe next time we can do the, the other, uh, the rest of the... We will. Uh, Part three coming next yeah. week, coming at you. And then will we carry on with, I don't know, alternative music or maybe a bit of hip-hop. I've done the Beastie Boys so far and now the Pumpkins, so I don't know. I don't uh, know. I, I want to do Public Enemy, but that's going to be like a ten-parter, mate. Well, that's a big so one. many albums. Yeah, Public so Enemy is massive. Uh, they've got a lot of albums, haven't they? So yeah, a lot, a lot to cover, you know. But, uh, a hell of a lot. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Well, I hope our listener has very much enjoyed as much as I did, as much as we did uh, talking about this. Oh, Riff Monkeys! Um, yes, I'm running. That means I'm running over time, mate. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening. Join us next week on uh, Mix 106 here on the Costa del Sol. Um, yeah, we're going to leave you with hello, hello, uh, Kitty hello, Cat. hello, hello, Kitty Cat. Yeah. All right, hello, Kitty Cat by the Smashing Pumpkins. Thank you very much for listening. Good right. night. Bye bye.
Monkeys.